Okay. Uh, welcome to episode zero of To the Better End, where we will be rewriting last chapters for better ever afters. Um, this is our first official episode. Um, I'm Corey Evanson. This was kind of my like brainchild idea that I've been working on for like six or seven months now, um, where I had this idea and I knew I wanted to share it with people, but I wasn't sure how. Um, and it's just taking me this long to get everything put together, but I'm really excited to share. And for my first episode, I have joining me Dave Ramirez. Woohoo! That is me. I'm Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I guess we should say a little bit about ourselves. So I am a middle school English and history teacher uh, by day. And the rest of the time, I enjoy stories for the most part, reading them, writing them, talking about them. um, And that's really where the inspiration for this show came from. Uh, I am... uh... Well, I recently just got a job as a barista, so I am a barista. That's what I do by day and sometimes by night. Um, But otherwise, I am an avid uh, content scroller. I love to go on social media. I love to read articles. I love the internet. Um, And uh, through that, I have read a lot of content about Star Wars and about the universe and about the storyline. And I am a very amateur star wars enthusiast so that's why i'm here same yeah (laughs) same so that kind of leads into uh if you haven't guessed or haven't seen like the instagram posts like this episode is all about the fatal flaw in the force Mm -hmm. um or at least our preserved our our perceived flaw in the force um and so the idea for this really came about when dave and i started talking about star wars and just some like continuity errors in the portrayals of the force and the Jedi and just some like this whole thing where I believe the, the force can never provide a satisfying ending to a star Wars movie Hmm. as much as I love them. I just don't think it can happen the way it is now. Yeah. At least in the realm of storytelling too. Cause I think when Corey presented this idea, you know, just the title itself, fatal flaw in the force um i was a very passionate still i am a very passionate star wars fan i was like how dare you what the heck is wrong with you why would you say that (laughs) uh however there are very valid points in the realm of storytelling that uh prove corey's and i's i think now frustration towards uh, how star wars is set up and how it could be set up yeah i'm glad i've converted you and that (laughs) you didn't just decide to like end our friendship that day i said right it was very viable i think there's a flaw yeah (laughs) um it definitely could have happened people have ended friendships over less um but yeah so just to reiterate we both love star wars we don't hate it we're not Mm -hmm. here to like tear apart uh george lucas or his work um but it's a fun mental exercise and like a fun conversation to have to think about how could things, even great things, be improved on. Mm. Um, because as people who like to tell stories, we can even use that when we like the things we learn, the things we notice in other people's stories. We can use that when we write our own. Mm. So I guess 
without further ado, we can kind of jump in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, uh, how do we want to start talking about the flaw? Well, we should just bring in, we should just bring it in cooking, you know, start talking about. Okay. Um, I think we should start talking about how we perceive Star Wars. Okay. And how we so... see it as a how it's portrayed do you want me to give the same argument i gave to you yeah okay so star wars is presented to us as hold on Corey, dave. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> dave we're professionals now you can't have so notifications dinging in the background it does not typically happen like this but i guess it really <laughs> did in this moment oh no um okay back into you got it. it yeah Okay, Uh, so we're presented with this world of Star Wars um, where there's a light side and a dark side of this thing called the Force, which is like this basic life force um, of the whole universe. It's in every living thing, and it's also like it's something that controls the world to a degree, and it can be controlled or manipulated to do things, or it can be like tapped into to use for things. But there's two sides, uh, the dark and the light, and we are presented with this favorable side, uh, the light side, that we are meant to sympathize with and to identify with and to want to win, um, and this dark side that we're meant to hate. But the problem comes for me when you realize that the whole premise is that there has to be a balance between the two sides, Mm -hmm. which then takes us from these terms like good and bad that we're used to. And that I think are more natural to storytelling um, and puts us on like, these are just two, these are people just behaving the way they're meant to behave. Like if there's supposed to be a light side that exists and a dark side that exists and they have to balance each other out, then neither side can ever win. You can't ever have the light side totally banish or defeat the dark side, and you can't ever have the dark side totally overwhelm and defeat the light side either. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in this kind of like not lose-lose, but not win-win situation uh, where nobody can win, nobody can lose, um, but we're meant to hate one side over the other. Right. Um, and so that's that's really, I think, that's where the flaw starts for me. Mm-hmm. Which I um, will also agree that that's where it started for me as you started presenting the idea towards, you know, mm-hmm. at least the realm of storytelling. And uh, when we were talking about this earlier, we kind of brought up uh, Chekhov's gun. And yes. I think that uh, the premise of, you know, they're bringing this idea of the force being the balance of the mm-hmm. universe uh, in the first act almost uh, is kind of how we're framing it and in the second act or throughout the play if you will there's these ideas of like i'm gonna end you and you will no longer be existed you know and then there's this confusion of like but in the first act you know you brought this in and then the second act you didn't which i don't know maybe you need to explain Chekhov's gun too you know so like yeah so the the Chekhov's gun it was developed or it was a idea brought about or at least put into words by Chekhov Uh, For his plays where he says, like, if in the first act of the play, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but if in the first act of your play, there's a gun presented to the audience, like it's hanging on the Mm -hmm. wall, it's sitting on a table or somebody has it, 
by the end of the second act, it must be fired. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't introduce stuff without giving payoff later, um, which is how you create a satisfying ending. So, like, one thing Star Wars is really good at is at introducing new things, um, like new ideas, the whole idea of the Force, the, mm-hmm. the midichlorians, the mm. Jedi, the Sith, the republic everything all of that's very new very cool all these alien races and and this whole premise of it being like a a long time ago in a galaxy far far away like that's really cool but so many things get introduced and never have any payoff like the gun never gets fired right or metachlorians are just this weird thing that exists and we like know about them yeah, so, like, why should I care about them? Like, sure, Anakin has a high midichlorian count, higher than Yoda, but what does that mean? Because it's never explained. And how important is that? Like, who is Yoda in right. the realm of, like, the amount of midichlorians? And, like, who is Anakin to have all of mm-hmm. these midichlorians? And so it just brings up all these questions that are never satisfied yeah. within the storyline. Yeah, and, like... I think, like, some of the reasons Star Wars has been set up the way it is is because they want to subject, uh, subvert um, common stereotypes or common tropes. Um, so, like, you don't want to have, like, good versus bad necessarily. Uh, except for when you don't do that, then you can't, you can't get resolution mm. if there's not a winning side of some sort. Even if the, the bad side wins... If, if there's no, like, if there's no winner, if it's just always this, like, you're locked in an, a never-ending battle that can never be resolved one way or the other forever, like, that's not satisfying. Mm. Um, and I think that's the, that's, that's the flaw that, that Star Wars has a hard time pulling itself out of as much as they want to because they've locked themselves into this idea of there must always be both. And one is given all the characteristics of being good, mm. while the other is portrayed in all the characteristics as being bad. Mm. So you have this never-ending, never-resolvable resol- like battle between good and evil because you've tried to avoid having the classic battle between good and evil. Right. And there's also this weird, maybe not weird, using that word, but this really difficult premise of understanding the universe that's like assumed to the watcher Mm -hmm. or to the consumer because Mm -hmm. there's this good side that you know has the attributes or qualities if you will that some Mm -hmm. of us can relate with that some of us would like should want to relate with however there's Mm -hmm. these other sides to there's this other side that's really evil really bad that has these attributes and qualities that we shouldn't relate with however Mm -hmm. they both exists in a plane where everyone kind of relates with for example you know and of course i this should should go without saying if you came to a star wars podcast like there's going to be spoilers about Mm. each and every single movie oh yeah (laughs) yeah we meant to start with that like spoilers ahead for sure like we're going to talk about all these movies yeah uh and no holds barred yeah there's like so many like if you haven't seen the phantom menace get on it and like we're not going to feel sorry for you anyways um, no, because that movie came out how long ago? Like, like years. Yeah. Yeah, you've had time. You've had your whole lifetime, probably. Exactly. Like, yeah, if you're listening to this. <clears throat> but anyways, like just the idea of, um, you know, when Anakin went back to Tatooine to try to find his mother. I think it was either in the Phantom Menace or in the second movie, the second prequel, um, mm-hmm. and felt rage and 
uh, started killing all of the sand people, all of the people who like are local or native to the planet of Tatooine, or mm-hmm. so it is said. And, um, you know, those to the Jedi are emotions or attributes or qualities that are from the dark side. However, me as a human being, I'm like, wait, I feel like I would react in the same way if I just found out that yeah. I was killed by a bunch of sand people or like if mm-hmm. that was the case. You know, I would, you know, act in rage or I would act in action. So I don't understand, right. you know, what are we supposed to relate with and how do we as a consumer see the movie as like satisfying to our human experience yeah if, well because that's for so purpose, you know? for so much of all three of the mo- or not all three for all nine of the movies the dark side is so sympathetic like it's so relatable because they're the ones at least the people on the forefront so like think um like kylo ren and anakin the people that you from the dark side that you actually interact with in the films. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they experience real hardship and like difficult feelings and have real ambitions or real challenges. Like they're presented in ways that we can relate to while the Jedi who we're supposed to like are often portrayed in ways that are like really terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Like they're these, which that's a huge thing. Like as much as I love like so many of the Jedi, they are a weird bunch. Like mm-hmm. their whole premise of like we are peacekeeping knights of the universe mm-hmm. or the galaxy rather than the universe, I guess. Um, like they're supposed to be peacekeepers, but they're also supposed to be unemotional and uninvolved. Yeah. Like they're not supposed to interfere. Um, but then like we're introduced to them in episode one with them starting by interfering in like (laughs) other people's affairs. Mm -hmm. Like they're the, they're the ambassadors sent to like interfere. Right. And it really Um, makes you think too, like their history as like the Jedi association or program, whatever you want to put mm -hmm. it, it really makes you wonder what, why are they put in this situation in the midst Mm -hmm. of war, you know, when they're people of peace and trying to and, insinuate balance, you know, I think. Right. And their their whole their whole stance and so often repeated later on is this idea that like, well, we shouldn't interfere with the affairs of others. Like we shouldn't like don't get involved. Mm. Um even to the point of like risking like people they know or or like care about. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just that's unrelatable to an audience. Yeah. Um, and so it makes it hard for us to like root for the Jedi a lot of the time. When we really a lot know of the time, them, you know, cause I think yeah, at face value, yeah. it's really easy to, I mean, it's really easy to root for Obi-Wan Kenobi all the time. Oh yes. <laughs> on my yes. Obi-Wan, yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> right. Like I say what you want about the prequels, but Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon have my heart forever. Oh, um, retweet sister. <laughs> oh yes. And their whole, their whole like mentor relationship is just really wonderful. Uh, I just love them. Yeah, it's so and sweet. So they're, yes, also the quality of their dialogue compared to the rest of the dialogue of that whole Phantom Menace movie is wild yeah. because they they have such like witty, like bantery things to say to each other um, mm-hmm. while <laughs> other people have dumb, dumb things to say. Oh, and yeah. poor little poor little Anakin actor because... <laughs> Whose whole life was trashed because of the movie. Yeah, um, or the three movies. He's, 
Well, well, yeah, but he he's had a rough life. Did you know he just was recently put in a, a mental hospital? Like the um, actor? Yes, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. No way. And he was transferred from jail where he had been sent to now he's in he's in like a a mental health institution. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And he was so terribly bullied after the movies. It's really bad. So like I feel yeah. for him and even watching the movies, I don't understand how people could like hate him because he's just this cute little kid who's like trying his best and he's saying the words that he's been given and they're not very good words, but he's trying. Yeah. But you have um, to understand there's like also <laughs> there is also um like the attack of the clones where Anakin and this is where I'm like, mm-hmm. but Anakin's like a chotch. Anyways, this is really off topic, but like <laughs> just the whenever whenever Anakin first sees Padme and mm-hmm. uh, or Queen Amidala, I think, and at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she comes up to him and she goes, Annie, you've grown. And he was like, ah, yes, you have also grown into beauty. <laughs> just like, I don't know if it was like writing or like blocking, but it was just like all together. I think it's so got to be the... Like, yeah. I think... Well, it's probably a mix, but I think... I think real problems start with the writing. Yeah. And if you have good writing, then it can carry through even through poor acting, or it at least inspires actors to be better because it feels more natural. Right. But you get like terrible writing and people don't know what to do with it. And it comes across awkward because it's not things real people would say in real situations. Mm -hmm. And so it just doesn't work. But... Anyways, moving yeah, so along. That's, that's a whole, yeah, we're getting we're getting really like into Phantom Menace specifically because we've both watched it recently. But mm-hmm. more about our fatal flaw in the Force is, I think, what needs to have happened, or what I my ideal rewrite of the movies, and something I think we'll focus a lot on in future episodes. Mm-hmm. So this will be a good time to talk about the scope of of these shows is the first series of episodes we're going to do for To the Better End are going to be over Star Wars canon films. Mm. And I did some research into what is the canon. So it is the three prequels, uh, the original trilogy, and then the three sequels. Also Rogue One Solo and the Clone Wars animated series and the Clone Wars animated film. And then part one of the Blade Squadron short story, not part two, yeah, only part one, and most stories that have been published after April 25th, 2014, under the oversight of the Lucas Story Group, but not all of those either. So Disney's gotten really picky and they've thrown out all of the canon books, which I like. That's ridiculous. My understanding is those were really good. So yeah, I'm in the middle of one right now and it's of Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi's relationship. Uh, Yeah. And so I want to read it. Oh, it's so far. It's really good. And it's really interesting because I think it changes format too in the middle. Also, if you hear me shuffling throughout my room, I'm in my bedroom. Yeah, I think. Actually, no, I'm wrong. It doesn't shuff- shuffle through format. I was reading another Star Wars book mm-hmm. that, like, shuffled from just narrative storytelling to, like, playwright writing. And I was like, this yeah. is so interesting. But it's really good so Very far. Cool. And it's crazy that this isn't considered canon. I know. But that's because Disney wants to make all their own money and all their own books. Um, which I'm sure will bring, like, a certain kind of continuity. But also, like... It's just silly. Like, it's it's a selfish, like, greedy thing, yeah. I feel like. 
Um, but we're not going to talk about every single movie or canon thing, although probably we'll reference a lot of them, right? Because like you've seen the Clone Wars yeah. animated series. Uh, and I uh, and I die by it. I, I really want to watch it, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, oh, also the Mandalorian is considered canon now. Mm. So what we're going to talk about is we'll do one episode each for the nine, like, original, wouldn't you call them, like, the core movies? Yeah, at least the ones uh, everyone has seen, you know, the most yeah, popular. Yeah, like, the, the three, the, the trilogy of trilogies. Yeah. Um, and we're going to go in chronological order rather than order of release. So we'll start with The, fin- the Phantom Menace, episode mm. one, and then we'll end with The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Um, doing one for each we'll discuss the movie uh, and whatever flaws we find in in it and then how we think it could have been improved to have like more continuity and to be like to strengthen basically the storyline and to provide a better ending and then after the recording of the initial episode um, I'm going to rewrite the last scene or two couple of scenes um of the movie according to like how we would have made the movie had we been George Lucas and had uh, his uh, knowledge and skills and financial resources. <laughs> yeah. Um, and more. Cause I think a lot of what we're going to say is going to show the fact that like we, we would need an unlimited budget, right? Like yeah. to do what we want to do, we'd have to have all the money in the world. If I can quote the rich man in Jurassic parks, you know, no, no, ex- no spared expenses or whatever. No expenses spared. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be our since it's a fantasy we're just re we're just telling it to you out loud not uh having to actually like hire actors to do our our bidding uh we can do whatever we want in the story we can have the the highest tech cgi also yeah um because it's just it's just in your mind Mm -hmm. uh so (laughs) your mind studios (laughs) Yes, up until that last couple of scenes where I'll actually rewrite them, I'll record like a reading of them, or if I could convince Dave to record the reading of them, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll probably, I'll try and share, I'll do it in like script format and uh, try to share that in like the show notes with it. For this one, there won't be a, an ending that I'm doing because this is just to give a basic idea of like what our what our, our general issue with Star Wars is, as much as we love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't like, don't come at us. Yeah. Because uh, so we do please. love it. It's just, it's just, yeah, it, it's just fun to talk about, I think, the, the possibilities of like what could have been, or even like if another story like this was made today, how could we write it to make it stronger? Because there's always room for improvement, even in like stuff you love. Yeah. Um, and you and I have talked about, like, we really like this idea of being a conscious, like, consumer. Yeah. Not just someone who is passively observing things or, or ab- absorbing things, um, but being somebody who's actively engaged in what they're watching, reading, listening to, so that they, like, I think it's, I think you gain from it. Yeah. And then I think there's the 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 possibility that other people can gain from it too right. if you're willing to like share it with people cuz i've gained a lot from people who feel passionately about something 
yeah. to the point where they they've really put a lot of thought and effort into it and and want to share it with me yeah and there's also this uh even just being aware and like conscious as a consumer there's also this like new vibrancy to understanding storytelling as it stands and understanding mm-hmm the grammatical art and practice of it because it turns the entire universe like upside down and inside out because you're starting to think of different questions and different opportunities that could really elevate your thinking and also elevate your appreciation towards the universe like when I'm I'm a huge Clone Wars fan as I've said before and I have been Mm -hmm. watching I've been rewatching um the Clone Wars to uh get myself ready for this new season in February um and Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's going to be really cool. I'm so excited. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I've just been preparing myself by rewatching it. And just this understanding of, you know, uh, how storytelling works and how Star Wars and the universe works. I think it's making the universe a lot more immersive because it's bringing me in. It's letting me ask questions that I can ask. And it's giving Mm -hmm. me an understanding that can put me, like, at rest or at unease, you know. And I think... I also like Mm -hmm. to think, too, that Star Wars, you know, as a franchise, maybe has this perspective and understanding that we're kind of talking about, too, because I'll sometimes see hints of it in Mm -hmm. some episodes throughout the Clone Wars. And I'll be like, "Ooh, what do they mean by that? Like, what does that episode mean? You know, and so I don't know, having um, a grasp on your perspective and having a grasp on the perspective that Star Wars is trying to give is really Mm -hmm. life giving and really, I think, really worth it. So I think this this conversation really puts some healthy parameters to our imagination and the Star Wars universe existing within it. Yeah. And it provides an opportunity to like, in addition to all that, to also like learn more about like the art of storytelling and the Mm -hmm. different elements that go into it and how those can be used to highlight different things or to strengthen different things. Um, One really great part of Star Wars is I think it's really character driven. Mm. Um, yes, which is a phrase I'm going to use a lot, uh, which is just this idea that the story revolves more around the characters and their personal struggles than it is plot driven is the other, the other kind of story you can have, which is more of a, like a, a go fetch, like quest Mm -hmm. kind of tale. And I think at times Star Wars has that Mm -hmm. and that's when it's at its weakest Yeah, because the most interesting stories are about people. Right. Because as people, we care about people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like to have stories where we could imagine ourselves or relate to other people. Um, movies are this crazy thing where we all go pay a bunch of money to empathize for a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like, or really, like, like, like it is. live through another person's life. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're paying to, like, live through somebody else's life, to feel for them, to cry over their issues. Um, And then I think we shouldn't just walk away completely unchanged, even though it's fictional. Uh, There's this whole principle of, like, art uh, or life mimics art and art mimics life, that kind of idea Mm. of the things we see reflected in stories are things that are true to life. And the things that resonate most deeply with us are the things that that are true to our own lives. And there's Mm. a lot of these universal themes that I think Star Wars does a really good job of hitting on. Like this idea of like love and loss and like being a part of something bigger than yourself and like fighting for what you care about, even when you're the underdog, like 
underlog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even when you're the underdog, like all of that is really like it, it hits home for us. Yeah. Cause we, we can feel for that. Yeah. And we can relate um, to the, <clears throat> as hard as it is relating to, you know, intergalactic cultures and understandings, yeah. you know, like we do relate to the position of power, you know, the position mm-hmm. of, uh, social understanding you know there's just all these aspects that we can oh yeah put ourselves in the shoes of other people oh yeah and like even though star wars is is in this fictional universe it's it's dealing with real issues this idea of oppression and like oppressive governments and like uh i've heard this phrase i'm not actually sure it's like an english phrase at all i heard it from a friend of a friend of my family's from china hmm. and he says this principle of like white cat or black cat if it catches the mouse it's a good cat Mm. of like the ends justify the means Mm -hmm. basically because and i think you get to this conundrum in star wars because we have at times both the jedi and the sith seem uh at least on the surface to be fighting for the same kind of thing like they both want to bring balance to the force and like bring and peace, peace to the universe. To the universe. Yeah. And the Sith just have a like, we'll just burn everything to the ground and then it'll be, then it'll be peaceful. Or we're going to um, dominate and we get to control yeah. the way the government and politics are organized, which therefore will bring peace to the universe. Right. Because like you can't have fight, you can't have wars between countries if everyone works for us. Right. Um, if we or you'll have only money, controlled then, wars. Yeah. yeah. If we had all the money, then there would be peace. <laughs> yeah. Or if we destroyed all the annoying planets. Um, you know. <laughs> Parallelism. Yeah. So you've got all the. <laughs> You're going to make me cough. Um, yeah. So you have all these, like, like those are things we can relate to for sure. Um, but also this idea that. Oh, I lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, oh, white cat, black cat. So, like, this idea that, like, they both want the same thing. So you're struggling with, like, do the ends justify the means? Like, under, like, under Sith control or influence, like, the world is pretty peaceful in regions. Or the universe is pretty peaceful in regions. But is that really, like, is that worth it? Like, are the means okay? Can you can you defend that? Or are the Jedi means, like, better to allow people to be free to struggle and to fail and to have difficulties, but also to have the opportunity to succeed? Hmm. Like, this free will versus, like, no free will to get the same end. Right. And having to accept, like, so that's a whole, that's a whole thing I think we'll get more and more into because... Um, the two sides get more and more contrasted. Yeah. And they get a little bit more Uh, blurry with their goals and purposes. Yes. Yes. Like, I would like to Um, even discuss, um, and if, you know, this does get a lot of traction and a lot of Star Wars fandoms will mm -hmm. listen to this, um, they're probably going to attack me for this, but is anyone (laughs) investigating Mace Windu and, like, what he's about? (laughs) Like I'm, I'm always so curious. Yeah, he always just gives what us is he such about? weird vibe, like in everything. He does. Not he's into... so. He is not a very like sympathetic character. Yeah. Compared to like you're immediately, I I cannot stress enough. Immediately, like meeting Qui Gon Jinn, 
and Obi-Wan, I'm like, yes, these are, these are my guys. Like I, I will fight for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, like, yes, they're, they're good. And I'm so on their side, Mm -hmm. but I do not feel that way about any other Jedi. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Every other Jedi, every other Jedi, I'm like, you're kind of a butthole. Yeah. Like even, um, why are, like, why are you so mean? Or like, why, why do you, why do you not give a crap? You know, like there's, yeah. like, I think, and we'll get into this too, about like the role of the Jedi and, you know, how they feel about emotions and detachment Mm -hmm. and how we think is like a weird Mm -hmm. understanding of the force. But like I was watching this episode of the clone wars and like I said, spoilers, I don't care. Um, Mm -hmm. Luminara Unduli loses, um, loses her Padawan with, Mm -hmm. with Ahsoka Tano, who is Anakin's Padawan. Um, Mm -hmm. Luminara Unduli loses her Padawan, Barriss, um, Barris and Ahsoka get buried inside an entire building. I think it's on, oh, the name of the planet. Oh, oh, I should know because it's in the second film. It's in um, the Attack of the Clones. Anyways, it's at the Droid Factory, period. That's mm-hmm. the planet that they're on. And they, this entire Droid Factory building just collapses. They had completed the mission Luminara and Anakin had set out to do. But Ahsoka and Barris were trapped in this like tank that was under rubble and ruin. And Lubinara was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, it's time to go back to Coruscant. And Anakin was like, what do you mean? Like our Padawans are down there in like the depths of the earth. And she was like, yeah, but we just have to leave them. I was like, what? You know, like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It always like leaves that's me. that's crazy. Yeah. It leaves me at unease when like other Jedi are not considerate of, you know, I, I don't think they have like a sacred perception of life and i don't know if anyone else mm-hmm. listening shares the same right almost value. like they've they've become so monastic and so like separated from the world yeah. in their pursuit of like resonance or awareness of the force that they like can't relate to real life struggles that people have even yeah. people they know personally yeah like they're so quick to like cut people off or to forget about people or to be like we just have to move on and like you don't like don't mourn like just go on is it's crazy because like that's not relatable that's like shockingly not relatable right um and i feel like like you can be frustrated with the side you're supposed to root with or root for because like that's natural like nobody nobody's perfect and people make you mad sometimes and especially like if you were to follow like the hero's journey where there's like this refusing the call moment and you're like wake up idiot you have to like do this yeah um like, that's one thing, but the Jedi so often, like, just make me mad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, just be compassionate. Like, have some compassion. Like, I feel like you're, you're forswearing, like, all emotions. Like, I think you've taken it too far because it's one thing to be like, like, don't be angry and don't hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those are, those are obviously negative emotions, but have compassion and have, like, love and have this gentleness of spirit in a way that 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 like spurs action not just this like oh if only like if only we the the most powerful people in the universe could could do something about it right you know and and i think that brings us back to like the preface of or the thesis i think that we're presenting Mm -hmm. that there is like this fatal flaw within the universe of star wars because we have this understanding Mm -hmm. that um you know jedi are good but like do that Mm -hmm. do they even subscribe or resonate to our perception of goodness and do they 
Yeah. Are they willing to kind of get into that? So there's also these perspectives that we like will dive into of, um, you know, what what do they believe? And like, are if mm-hmm. if they care so much about justice and peace, why are they the forerunners in war? Why are yeah. they? Why are all of them generals with, you know, mm-hmm. mass amounts of clone men? Um, and like, why are they just you know, why are they so afraid of? taking innocent life yet again kind of cheating the moral code or like universal understanding of like Mm -hmm. cloning by like cloning millions of men and like disposing them almost by the minute at every battle that they're engaged in so this yeah that just it just brings us back to the question of like who are they what are they about and like why if they're going to talk about you know being reinforces of peace or if they're going to talk about being people of um justice and understanding then like why are they also yeah like like put your money where your mouth is like if you're gonna if you're gonna be like well do right and like be good and follow these rules and all this then like help enforce them or like assist people like live up to it um i feel like you almost have like this so i've been teaching medieval history and so we're talking about the difference between this is gonna be a deep dive uh (laughs) earth medieval history and we've been talking about like the the catholic church during this feudalistic period and you have the monks were people who were like appalled by the outside world because they're like everything like people are terrible and they're mean to each other and they're not following the bible and they were upset by that and so they chose to like seclude themselves away inside these monasteries apart from the world and they're like we won't let anyone in uh and we won't go out and we will just build up knowledge and uh these resources and amass some wealth that they just kept for themselves and they didn't They weren't like a drain on society because they were mostly like self-sustaining and all this, but they weren't a help to society either because they were just these wildly intelligent, like well-educated people who didn't go out at all. (laughs) But then you have, sound familiar? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So then, then you have the friars who are like yes we should be like we should be holding ourselves to a higher standard and we should be like having like daily prayer and all this stuff and we should be living like a simple life where we like forswear personal possessions and we like do all these good deeds and like we study and we learn and all this but also like we should go out and participate in the real world. And so the friars traveled barefoot from village to village and like healed people. Like they, they knew some about medicine and things and they would go and like provide medical care and they would provide education and they would provide like comfort to like people who were grieving and they would do all this stuff in exchange for just a place to sleep at night. And they would just go wherever like they felt led and wherever like they were needed. Um, and so they took, like, all the stuff that they learned and they actually, like, were willing to go out and participate mm-hmm. in life. And I kind of feel like the Jedi are, are the monks. Yeah. And I think there's even, like, monastic uh, imagery in their, their form of dress and, yeah. and a lot of their mannerisms, for sure. Like, that's intentional. Mm-hmm. But, like, man, is it not sympathetic. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it also um, paints the, the um, I don't know, and it, like, paints them... And I think also, too, maybe this was maybe, and this is me making an assumption, Mm -hmm. maybe this is kind of where George Lucas was getting at, just the frustration of, you know, 
maybe we're supposed to be frustrated with the Jedi. We're supposed yeah. to be frustrated with their um, inconsistencies. And maybe we're mm-hmm. supposed to be frustrated with the with our relatability and frustrated with our alignment mm-hmm. also with the dark side, if you will, quote unquote, with like yeah. how emotional we get. And like, I don't know, maybe there are supposed to be these things. And yeah, and I think that's trying to, maybe that's where he was getting at, the understanding of like, mm-hmm. there are these different kind of people in the world and they're going to be put at the forefront of like understanding like and defending the human race as it stands or any kind of race as it stands. Yeah. And um, we should be concerned maybe, or maybe we should be mm-hmm. more attuned and aware about like who we're letting defend right. us as people. And it makes me think of like the Mandalorian people who are... Um, yes people of peace and they mm-hmm. uh i don't know there's this whole storyline there just because there's like corruption and all these different mm-hmm. kind of understandings and that that really kind of reigns in the whole perspective of the universe and i don't know i don't want to run over time you know right yeah. well well I, we've got a couple more minutes but i i think this leads to a good point of like and you can do that with stories you can make people frustrated mm-hmm. to make a point but you somehow have to resolve it one direction or the other. You either have to show the Jedi have been wrong, mm-hmm. and so their way of life is a is failing. And mm-hmm. there there are elements of that in some of the sequel movies. I think kind of gets to that. Yeah. Um, uh, specifically, like the Last Jedi, kind of gets into that more. Yeah. Uh, that there are parts of of Jedi culture that just weren't working. Like it it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's not worth carrying on. Yeah, Mark Hamill being the form. frustrated uh, pioneer. Right. He's become the friar. Yeah. yeah. Except he, in his whole, like, I'm frustrated, he has hid more, which is not super productive. Right. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that definitely is a thing. But also you... I. Th- you can you can frustrate people and you can show that it's a failure and you can have the Jedi in ruins and the Sith overcoming and overwhelming them as like this black wave mm. that just can't be stopped. And like the universe is plunged into darkness. Like that could be an ending. Mm. And it would be satisfying. It would not be happy, but it would be a satisfying ending. Yeah. Um, which is another thing, like, if you came here and you thought, like, to the better end meant we're going to say, like, how to make a happier story, that's not always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Because good endings don't have to be happy. Uh, they just have to be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you have, you could also have a call, like a, a call to, like a call to change happen for the Jedi, where they have someone in the Jedi realize that their way of life isn't effective or what they've been doing isn't like the right way to follow the force. Mm-hmm. And you could have like this called a change. Um, and I think that could also be satisfying because then you could have the Jedi rally and kind of have this r- redemptive arc for them where they can learn to overcome what is the dark side? Which I think that's another thing. We're going to have to define... So to kind of start to wrap up, we're going to have to define, like, what is the Force? Mm-hmm. What's its role in the universe and then in the lives of people individually? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what powers does it bestow? Because I will tell you, having rewatched The Phantom Menace re- recently, I kept a running list of, like, all the things the Force seems to allow <laughs> people to do. And it's wild yeah (laughs) the spectrum of things that people can do using the force is crazy right um and i was like what is 
from all the way from like it can impregnate people yeah like who is to... she who is she in the mirror <laughs> yeah like, like why <laughs> why was this a thing yeah so like you can it can do that or it can uh <laughs> or it can sometimes fool people but mm-hmm. only certain races and that's like never revisited again that there's this like one race of people right aliens not not susceptible to Jedi mind tricks. And people being trained he's... to, you know, suscept Jedi yeah. mind tricks and like what yes. that means and how do people um, actually do that? Yeah. So like so you gotta define like what can the force allow people to do? It doesn't have to be like a hard magic system where it doesn't have to have super clear rules, but there should be some guidelines so that like not so it's predictable in a like boring predictable sense, but so that it's predictable in a like you feel satisfied. You don't feel cheated when it allows people to do stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of like how like, Star yes. Wars cheats us a little bit, you know, when it, yeah. when the, the quote unquote protagonist of the film doesn't have like full uh, potentiality in the force. Like when, mm-hmm. um, when yep. like Count Dooku will electrify the mess out of someone or um, mm-hmm. this uh, or um, whatever. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. That frustration of like, well, if I'm supposed to root for the good guy, why do they suck? You know, also that yes. kind of idea like, too. Like, why are why are they so much worse at everything yeah. than the bad guys? Because that also seems to like, is the force totally neutral, or does it play favorites? Like, does it have a preference or a predilection towards the the light and not the dark? Right. Because sometimes it seems like it's drawing people to the dark. Sometimes it seems like it's drawing people to the light. Mm. So like what's what's it what's its whole deal? So I think that's going to definitely be something we talk a lot more about to like define defining the role of like the Jedi and like who they are and like what their path should or sh- is like should be or is and then like also the the Sith and like who they are and why are they so much like more powerful than the Jedi if they're like these terrible people we shouldn't like root for mm-hmm. um and so those are going to be our major things and then i think the chekhov's gun thing to bring that back up something we we you laid down in the first act of this episode i'm gonna pick up again now and fire is we've got to like tie up a lot of these loose ends where star Wars does a great job of introducing things, mm-hmm. but you've got to have follow through and it's got to be used and like mean something by the end. Yeah. So I think we've got, we've got a really good path for like what we're going to talk about. I'm really excited. Yeah. Especially I'm so, I'm so pumped to talk about the prequels uh. um, and get out of here with your Jar Jar Binks. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're gonna. I feel like we're gonna have to duke it out over whether or not Jar Jar gets to stay in our version of the films. Uh, Wait, he should stop. Oh, the original no. Sith I, Lord. <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> he's he's just. Uh, Anakin, like I, you you said need to you said to do it. Anakin, Anakin, do it. You said you said the power of the Force. <laughs> Uh, do you know how many times on a weekly basis I have a sixth or seventh grader say Misa can't do that or like something to that effect and I just like look at them and if I could like force force grab somebody and like say stop I would um because they 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 speak like that all the time yeah I love them for um, it 
Uh, they're wild. They, I'm like, have you even seen Star Wars? <laughs> um, some of them have, some of them have not. Uh, <laughs> they just know about Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, big influencer in the meme world, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess this is going to do it for episode zero. Yeah. So I'm looking forward. We'll start with the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And the the plan is the episodes will come out about two weeks apart. So this episode is going to air February 7th is the goal. Um, and the next one will be out not the next Friday, but the Friday after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look forward to that. Anything you want to shout out or uh, send listeners to? Um, we love... Star Wars, like we said, so we want to thank Star Wars for giving us um, the idea for this series within your podcast. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I guess thanks for listening, if you're listening. Oh yeah, thank you for listening. Um, I hope I hope people enjoy this. I'm telling you, I almost said that same sappy thing I said before. Um, <laughs> of like, please let this podcast into your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And enjoy. And if you have a story that you'd like us to talk about in the future, be it a book or a TV show or a movie or a play or a musical um, or anything of that sort, or I'm trying to think if there's a, a form of a short story even, that would be kind of fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, just let us know. Currently, our social media is mostly just Instagram. Uh, so you can find us under To The Better End on Instagram and also these podcast episodes will be available soon on iTunes and sooner on to the better end.com. That link is up and working. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I got. All right. Thanks for listening. Right. Thanks for tuning in. Um, yep. Eat, drink water. Yeah. Uh, hydrate or dihydrate. Yeah. If I can say anything. <laughs> <laughs> best advice yeah.